This week was the season finale of Real Housewives of Orange County. I have never felt so irritated, so annoyed, so frustrated by a season. I thought that Beverly Hills really kind of sent me on a tailspin last season. Mm-mm. OC did it, and there's one common denominator, and it is Tamara Judge. This woman should have come to the circus costume Halloween whatever party as a puppet master rather than the evil clown. I mean, the evil clown fits as well too, but she's not even funny anymore. Like, it's over. She should have been a puppet master. This is not just another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossip Together podcast. Thank you so much for joining another episode of the podcast. I have to start with saying I am sorry for whatever happened last week on the podcast. I did it all. I edited the entire podcast. I did everything. And every time I went to upload it, the audio was just complete trash. I don't know what happened. I tried to resave it. I tried to fix things. I have no idea because when I see it on my end, like my file is good. So maybe at some point, I'm really bummed though, because it was actually a really good episode. We talked a lot about Southern Charm. We talked about Roni, OC. Actually, maybe I didn't even talk about OC. I don't know. Salt Lake City, all the things. It was a good episode and it, for some reason, will not upload. And I have no idea why. I don't know what's going on with it. But we do have a lot to talk about in this week's episode because now we have to kind of make up for what we had and what we missed last week. First, we're going to start with headline news that is not Bravo. And I think the number one thing that we can talk about is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. These two have been rumored to kind of have something going on for a while now. And it is rumored that she will be going to his game in New York this week. There's actually a lot of, we didn't, there are a lot of things we have to talk about because last week's episode, all the Sophie and Joe stuff came out after I recorded as well. But first let's talk about Taylor and Travis, and then we'll talk about Taylor and Sophie. So they've been rumored to be get together for a while. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really has any proof until on Sunday. Picture this. I am cooking. The Packer game had just got finished. I they That was awesome. That was a great win. Um, I turn around. I go to cook. I was making bolognese. I go to cook and put all that together. And here I'm hearing the Chiefs game in the background. And I'm, I hear all of a sudden, well, Taylor Swift is here. And I, when I tell you, I spun around so fast. I immediately went and like my kid who is almost 17, he's like, nobody cares. I'm like, you know, you just need, you need to zip it for two seconds. He leaves the room. I rewind. I'm like, holy shit. She's there. This is crazy. This is insane. And I'm like, they're, they're having so much fun. I know it's like kind of turned into a lot of memes and things, but she was animated. She was living her best life. There was a blind item, I think by Dumois that she had requested 
windows of the suite would be tinted, but I don't think that that actually ever happened because you could see her clear as day. And I have been sick this week too. I've been kind of in bed for two days. So if I sound a little off, if I am a little, you know, out of my normal realm, that is why I feel like I've been sick since my kids went back to school. So you can see her up there. She's having the best time of her life. She's chest bumping. She's high five and mama Kelsey. And Honestly, Mama Kelsey has been my favorite person in the world. She is so cute. And, you know, the way that she has like the split jerseys, especially at the Super Bowl and having both of her sons in there, the whole Kelsey family, I think, is just so genuine and so sweet. I, I love everything about it. I love that she's hanging with Mama Kelsey. I love that Mama Kelsey is just like kind of embracing her and enjoying it. She's having the time of her life. It kind of, well, not kind of, it completely explodes on the internet. And of course, then they go to this private party afterwards. They had rented out the rooftop at Prime Social. They had a allegedly had a party bus that kind of went all night and she is rumored to be going to New York to the Jets game this Sunday as well. Now what has happened and kind of transpired like I'm here for it. I think it's interesting to me because TikTok, social media, everything has kind of blown up obviously about this entire thing. We have women that are like (laughs) out here on the internet talking to their husband, pranking their husbands like Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map. Like I did a video yesterday, which I actually deleted because the comments were already just, I, again, I was sick. Maybe my brain didn't kind of articulate it very well, but I had a video that I did delete because I couldn't keep up. I was just like, you know, for those of us that are football fans and Swifties, if you're live here on TikTok, I'm wearing my, it tis the damn season football shirt. You were both of those people. Like if you are a diehard football fan like myself, but you are also a Swiftie, this union, this alleged union, this, you know, whatever it is, relationship, maybe friendship, whatever it is, it's awesome. Because like I said, he is, if you've been following the Kelsey's, they see, they both, they all seem very genuine and really just positive, happy, fun people. And then you have Taylor. And now it's kind of like this, this connection of two people that are just really loved by so many people, but on TikTok, it's like you either know him from football or you know Taylor. Like you're not quote allowed to know both. Where's the space for both of us? Where is the space for both of us that are just so excited because we do know both and we are into it. I did delete that video because people were like, why do you have to pick a side? I didn't mean pick a side. I'm just saying like, where's that middle ground, right? But now we also have a a photo that was leaked at this private party. So Travis allegedly rented out the rooftop of Prime Social in Kansas City. There's a photo that was sold to TMZ. I made the bold statement of saying like, I feel like it's somebody in his camp. I feel like it's somebody that's close to him that's in his circle of friends. And a lot of people are like, well, it could be waitstaff. Yeah, absolutely. It could be waitstaff. Waitstaff could 1000% have done that. But someone did come into my comments and say, there's a girl that works at that restaurant. They were asked to have NDAs, which is very normal. A lot of people are like fighting for their lives about it's, there's no way that they signed any NDAs. It's fairly normal practice, even as servers, as bartenders, that you have an establishment, especially if it's a private party, especially if it's booked out, that you would have your staff sign NDAs. It's just, it's legal contractual things. It it makes sense. 
So I still think that there's somebody in that circle, circle of friends. Maybe it is a guest of, that's entirely possible. Maybe it is a friend of a player. Who knows how it is, but I really do feel like somebody in that circle took that photo and then sent it to TMZ, which I don't love that. I don't like it at all. I, you know, she is such a private person and maybe even though yes, Travis is very well known. He has the people he, you know, people follow him, people track him, paparazzi follows him. Absolutely. I'm not trying to discredit that at all, but she is very good at being private. He may enjoy that a little bit more. Maybe he is very private as well, but she lets us see what she wants us to see. She is very strategic in that. And on the missed episode of last week when I was talking about her and Sophie Turner going to these dinners, like they were sitting directly in front of a window at dinner. That was on purpose. Then they went another night and went to a club where there were no photos. There were no pictures. There were no people spotting them inside taking. When they had dinner that very first night, they sat in front of a window. Taylor Swift lets us see what she wants us to see. That photo was definitely taken without permission, leaked and sold to TMZ or whomever. It's not cool. I I really hope that it's not somebody in his circle, but if it is a wait staff and they signed NDAs, I'm sure that there are cameras inside this place. I'm sure it's very easy for someone to find out who took that photo. I hope that if it was somebody that was a wait staff that they would not jeopardize not only their job, but an NDA. It's icky. I don't like it. Let her be. And there are a lot of people also saying, well, this is all PR. So it was definitely someone in their camp. Again, I don't know how Travis Kelsey's PR works. I do know enough about how Taylor's works. (laughs) She would, that would not be something. Like she would make sure her PR would be that video of them walking out of the locker room or walking out of the stadium, the photos of them getting in the car. Like those are things that would be, okay, makes sense. This little moment in this club at a private party is not it. It's not it. But I do love it. I hope that this is like something I really, I saw a video where someone is like, I'm going to say it. This is end game. If this is real, this is end game. And I could, I could see that because they're both very open. Like, you know, her relationship with Joe, and I hate to speculate on things, like I don't like that, but her relationship with Joe was really private. You know, they were in deep during COVID times. They were, it was just the two of them a lot. And allegedly things started kind of falling apart once she started this tour and she was back in the limelight and she was back as as front stage. If it is real, he, he understands that he is kind of the same person, you know, he's out there. He's very open people. He's beloved. People really enjoy him. People like to watch him, like, like to talk about him. I think it could be, I mean, again, all speculation (laughs) and I don't like to speculate on her relationships as hard as everyone else does. I love to give her her privacy and things, But I love it together. And I think one of the things I do love the most is he pursued her. Like he is out there showing his cards. He's there talking about how he wanted to give her a friendship bracelet at the concert. He's out here talking about how, you know, he threw the ball in her court to come to the game. Like he's actively pursuing her. And then I I can't take credit for this one either. I saw another video where someone was like, actually, I think it was Meredith Steele. I think it was Babies of 
Steele that said this. She's finally with someone. He's like a big dude, right? Like the, she can finally be with someone. And I'm not saying she's big. She's just very tall. And she's tall and has a very large presence that she's he, she can be like the small person in the group. I'm always the small person. I'm 5'1". <laughs> My husband is 6'4". I know what that feels like. But she really is kind of always either the taller one or they're kind of, you know, right on the same thing. And he's he can just be that for her. And I love it. So let's talk briefly about Sophie, Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas, Taylor Swift. After I recorded the podcast, all this stuff came out where they were starting to argue about the custody of the children and where the children were supposed to be and and where their residence is. And there's a lot of questioning about him filing in Florida and their residence. And then she went and filed with the federal court making claims of like abduction. And, and not that she was making, I want this to be clear. She's not making claims that he abducted their children. Court that she filed in works with abduction overseas. So that's why I think the media kind of took that and spun it. But she said he did not give their passports up, that she wasn't let, he wasn't letting her take them back to Europe. They have now since settled that, allegedly. And they have now moved the residents from Florida to New York City. So while Sophie was really trying to make a statement that, you know, we had purchased a home or we are purchasing a home, we're renovating a home. I think they had purchased it in like April purchased a home, renovating a home. They were looking at schools, everything in Europe. They are going to be in New York City. So what this now ties back to the Taylor and Sophie thing. Obviously, if in case you aren't a Swifty, Taylor Swift had a very public relationship with Joe Jonas and he allegedly broke up with her via text. Now, Sophie is saying that she allegedly found out about this divorce via the media, like at the same time that we all did. And there was a timeline he e-filed on like the Friday before Labor Day. It was put through to the court that Tuesday morning of Labor Day after Labor Day. Then the media hit on Tuesday and that's allegedly when she found out, which in my opinion, tracks because if he signed the documents on that Friday and submitted them they wouldn't be put through until that Tuesday morning she was allegedly filed with the order about the children and the custody and the children's their domicile having to stay in Florida on that would be Tuesday Wednesday I think that was the 6th that map that makes sense like all of this kind of came out so she wouldn't have been served with anything until that Wednesday after so I believe it um, it kind of tracks <laughs> with his record. I know that the uh, we never really know if he actually broke up with Taylor via text, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. Maybe we thought that he would have had a little bit more sense to not do it to his wife, but, you know, who knows. But how this all kind of goes back together with Taylor. So, and, and, how, and how she puts things out. Everyone kind of was like, holy shit, she's out with Sophie right after he files for divorce. Like, this is huge. This is girls, girls. Like, goodbye, Mr. Perfectly Fine. We don't need you anymore. They specifically that night walked out of this restaurant arm in arm. They sat in front of a window at dinner. And then they, you know, had another encounter uh, last Saturday night, I believe. They went out and did girls' night again. Now, this time, they were only taking photos. They weren't even together. They were, like, separate. Sophie had kind of had her face covered, and she was trying to get in. Meanwhile, Taylor was just, like, proud, walking walking them both in, 
face out. She lets us see what she wants us to see because then they went into an establishment that there were no photos. So all of these conversations about PR and things, I think, yes, there are some parts of that. However, there are definitely, she knows how to play the game. Tree knows how to play the game. Tree would not let anybody put that photo out about her, of her and Travis at this party without, and like that would not happen. That just would not happen. The judge declares in the Sophie and Joe situation that the their residence is no longer in Florida, but they're also not going to go back to Europe. Their residency is now in New York. And allegedly, Taylor is letting Sophie and the kids stay in her New York apartment because Sophie was spotted leaving the apartment building in her PJs with her kids. This is a girl's girl. This is a girl's girl. I believe there was an article saying that Sophie and the kids were staying at the Regis Hotel. That I might be wrong there, but I believe it was the Regis. I mean, I watched enough Gossip Girl. I watched enough Gossip Girl in my life. <laughs> I watched enough Real Housewives of New York in my life to know that if these people are staying in hotels, they're not just like crashing at a Motel 6. Like this is an apartment in, you know, whatever. So it's not like she was living under some squalor by any means. If Taylor has given her her apartment to live in while she's in New York with her children, like that, I'd I'm here for this friendship. And someone said like, what if she brings Sophie to the game? Like that would, that would be a PR thing. That would be another moment of saying, here we are. I am a united front with this woman and now here we are with Travis. So all of it. And I, it's, it's funny to me because like we haven't, she's just so secretive and now she's got this break in between shows where she is like living her life. And my one question, even when all these rumors came, like when she was rumored to be dating Maddie Healy and then she was rumored to be starting to hang out with Travis Kelsey, I'm like, where does this woman have time? I need half of the amount of energy that she has. I, I, that is my goal in life to have half of the amount of energy and motivation as Taylor Swift, because where does she get the time? Where is, how is she dating? Are these just like FaceTime dates? Are these texts? Are the, I don't, I don't get it because this woman has been going nonstop. Like if I had just done all of the things that she did over the last year, because really this all it all kind of started during the VMAs last year. As soon as she announced Midnight's, it was like the PR train rolled through. That's when it that's when it came. She has been working her ass off three, two and three shows every single week since April. She's been doing all the PR for that. Like I if I were doing all that traveling, doing all those shows that are three and a half hours a night, as soon as I had a break, I would be doing nothing. I would be, I, you wouldn't see me anywhere. I wouldn't be catching a drink with a friend. <laughs> I would I would barely be texting a friend back. No, I know she's not doing like the day-to-day -day stuff, but I just wouldn't do anything. I would be comatose. Absolutely comatose. Just being like, I need a break. Because she's going to be picking up and doing it all over again. Um, I can't remember where her next one is. Is it Brazil that she's going to next? I can't remember, but like she has such a small window now before she starts. And 1989 Taylor's version comes out in a few weeks too. So she's going to be back on that PR role. I, I just, I wish I had like half of the 
half of the amount because I couldn't think about doing anything other than just sleeping for days. Okay. So I think that's all we have on the Taylor Swift front. I'm here for it. I love it all. Let's talk about housewives. And as usual, we're going to start, actually, I'm going to start with Southern Charm because I didn't get to talk about Southern Charm last week because I don't think I'd watched it yet. Here are some things that I think about Southern Charm so far. Number one, my my first right off the bat thought is I'm not, I'm, I'm hung up on this new JT character, okay? And it's funny, my best friend sent me some Instagram things this morning and she was showing me all of, like we were kind of diving into who he is and what he does. He allegedly has multiple rental units, Airbnbs, things like that in Charleston. They're all very cute. I, I love that. He probably has a nice little thing going for him, a nice little money bag in that, in real estate and rentals in Charleston. I'm just not sure how I feel about him. Like he gives me very much like a weird ick, but on the same side, he's coming in hot. He's coming in hot and messy. He's coming in to really trigger. Like, is he really in quote love with Taylor? I don't know. He gives me a little bit of an ick and, and I can't quite put my finger on it yet. He feels very opportunistic to me. We've only had him in one episode, so I guess we will see how that continues. But the way he went in and just threw Austin under the bus, I was like, yes, I'm here for it. Because Austin Kroll is my like least favorite person on Bravo. I don't I I would choose Shep over Austin. And I think that says a lot. So JT comes in and he is like just going right in on Austin, throwing him under the bus. Because if all of this is true that Austin and Taylor hooked up, it's going to really ruffle some feathers. And it needs to be talked about not only just between Shep and Austin, but also Taylor and Olivia. I don't like it, especially the way that they started the entire season with really preempting how close they've gotten and how they're like a sisterhood. And and I'm not saying that Shep is a good guy because he's a creep too. (laughs) But Austin, in my opinion, is just, I don't like him. But last week, I, also, I will say this before before we start talking about the Taylor Craig of it all, I don't, I, I might get chastised for this, but I don't know why Madison is here. I really don't. I, I love that she is married and has a family now and doing all this. I just, I don't know why she's here. I don't know why she just didn't put a little happy bow. And maybe it's because her husband works in California and she's bored. That could definitely be it. That probably is it. Get married and go off and enjoy your married life. I I don't know why she's going to be there. I, I can't foresee that she's going to be the same Madison that she was in every other season, you know, kind of stirring drama and things of that nature. Maybe she will. We'll see. Maybe she'll get really housewife bored. Who knows? But I wish, I I don't know why she's here. So we start the whole season with her, you know, after wedding party. And none of these people, none of these people have seen each other since then. So this is obviously just not, it's obviously just a cast party rather than, you know, what uh, Madison is really trying to make it out to be. Taylor and Shep have not seen each other. They have not spoken. They have, and even Olivia and Austin, Olivia's just like, I don't have time for you. I don't, if you have nothing to give me, I'm done with you. And she's just like, I'm out. Good job, Olivia. I love it. Taylor and Shep and have not seen each other, have not spoken, have not done anything. And we know that it's going to be a big thing. What I didn't like about Shep is that he's constantly like, oh, poor Olivia. I really think about her all the time. I can't stop thinking about her. Like, you did this, sir. Move on. Like, 
pack it up, let her be, go ahead, move on. But what I didn't like was the way that she went after Craig. And she, in in last week's episode, she tried to kind of fix that, I guess. She tried to kind of blame herself of why she did that, but I still didn't like it. But I do have a theory of why she went after Craig. And yes, it is misplaced anger. She's mad at Shep. She is. It's misplaced anger. However, Craig is, Craig has always put himself as like the girl's guy. And I don't know if we're going to see a difference in that with Craig this season, but he has always kind of been the girl's guy. Like he is the one that sits there and talks to the girls and has private conversations with them. And, and I, and I know that Austin is like that too. Like he's always on the phone with the girls, but he's just a gossipy little shit. Like he's just gossip. He's using it for, for tokens essentially. Craig is one that has always, to me, legitimately felt like he is caring about their feelings. And I think that Taylor, though it's misplaced anger, she is, Craig was always team Catherine. He was next to her for everything. He was always there as a support for her. And he does that other than with Naomi. Like, I mean, he does that a lot. And I think that maybe Taylor, though she has misplaced anger, though she's really just mad at Shep, she actually expected Craig, because Craig is the, quote, girl's guy, she expected Craig to be on her side, I think. And that's what I think is it really kind of triggered her to make those comments. And now, you know, she throws that allegation out about Paige. Like, let's be serious. I, I don't watch Summer House, but I am team Paige. I absolutely am. I understand like how her brain works. I understand her lack of bullshit for anybody. And I also understand that she doesn't have enough motivation to go out and and cheat on Craig. Like, I think that's just, I saw some clips that people were like, oh yeah, she's out here cheating on Craig. And it was just a whole slew of her laying in bed. So I don't believe for a second that Paige has cheated on Craig. What I think is that she actually has a good head on her shoulders and she's really used to being independent. So how I, like, I would love, love Craig and Paige to work out in the end. Will they? Who knows? Who knows? They're two very, very different people, but maybe that works for them. I think one of them, one of them being Craig is going to have to kind of be the one that's going to have to move to New York. I don't see, like, you could just tell Paige standing over this pool. You could tell she's like, I don't even want to be here. It's too hot. There are bugs. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be here. But I hope that they do work out in the end. I hate when people are constantly making rumors about these two breaking up and how she hates them and all this. I I love them together. I really do. But the fact that Taylor's resorting to accusing Paige, who isn't even there, who isn't even on this show, yes, she is a part of the show because she is in a relationship with him, but she's not on their cast. She's just throwing her under the bus because she's mad at Shep and she's mad at Craig because Craig, for the first time probably, didn't really overly exert that he was on her side. Although he did, because he was like, I was the one that stopped him from cheating on her. Why are you yelling at me? I think it's going to be a long, interesting season. I think it's going to be a messy, messy season. I really miss Catherine already. I know that she's not everyone's favorite. I always had just the highest hopes for Catherine. We'll see. We'll see if this is one of those shows is has run its course or not. 
we have another episode. Well, by the time this episode airs, it'll be Friday and the episode will have already aired, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I do want to say too, I hope that this Olivia and the new guy too, I can't remember his name either. Um, that kind of works out. I, I really just hope that the dudes in this show, the dudes being Ch- Shep and, and Austin just get the shit of the stick this season. <laughs> I really, really do. Let's talk about Real Housewives of New York. If you've been following me on TikTok for long enough, you know that I like to recap my favorite Bravo television shows or any other reality shows that are happening in the morning while I drink my coffee. And something you may not know about me is that I put a lot of effort into which mugs I use while I spill the tea for you. I feel like it just sets the tone for my day. And one of my favorite places to order mugs from is Babeco. Babeco creates products that empower people to give the finger to societal norms, to be unapologetically themselves, to use their own voice, and maybe even swear a little. Far too often, society tells us who to be, how to look, how to act, what job to have, etc. And they want you to run that over with a car. Be yourself unapologetically and live life on your own terms. Badass, bold, and empowered. At Babeco, can you not only find mugs that will say exactly what you may be thinking to the person sitting across from you that needs to take a breather, but they also have shirts, jewelry, home decor, all of the things to fully express yourself. And if you've ever seen any of my mugs while I'm spilling the tea on TikTok, you may be wondering, where can I get that? So now I have teamed up with Babeco so that we can get you 15% off of anything in their store. You will find some of my favorite mugs under the drink section, but also don't hesitate to look at the home decor and jewelry and clothing line. All of the mugs are 16 ounce mugs. So if you like a big pour of coffee each morning, these are for you. And there's also some glasses. I've even snuck in some of the drinkware that I've gotten from Babeco to my grandmother and she's never even noticed. And yet it makes perfect opportunity for us to all giggle. You can click the link below in the show notes or go to wearebabeco.com and use Oops I Gossiped Again and get 15% off. And don't forget to tag me in your Instagram stories when you're pouring your coffee into your favorite mug and ready to listen to the tea. Go to We Are Babe Co. and get 15% off with the code Oops I Gossiped Again. This week, we continued the missing phone gate. They are still in Anguilla. Sai is still c- capturing content in Anguilla. I am still convinced that she got paid for this villa in Anguilla. Like nobody can change my mind on that. But we're diving right back into the missing phone thing. And I this is the, the thing with New York is that we have had so many dumb things. It feels like old school New York. I know the people are going to come for me every time I say that because it's, you know, it's not their New York. It's not real New York, whatever. This phone thing is is insane. It's absurd to me. It is wild. On one hand, if I was Uba, yes, I would be very angry. I would be pissed right off that somebody took my phone. I would lose it. However, once I got it back and I woke up the next morning, I'd move on. But Erin constantly being like, it was a prank. It was a prank. It was a prank. She does pranks like Winston from New Girl. They're not funny. I don't understand. She was very kind of weird and calculated in the way that she had the phone conversation with her dad and was just like, I took it for a minute and gave it right back to her. Again, I think the whole thing is wild. But I also think that it brought out a different side of things because we have not seen Uba kind of react to anything in this. We also missed Uba for a few episodes because she was sick, but we have not seen Uba really come out of her shell. And she all of a sudden was just like, 
she blew up. And she, I think, was also mistaken. The whole big, big argument, like the whole pulling the glasses off her face and everything that followed after that really was also a misunderstanding because Uba was just like, oh, don't we have to wait for Aaron? Aaron's not here. And Aaron comes into the room and she's like, I hear you talking about me. Don't you say my name? And that's when Uba, I think that is actually the trigger. And it's not even necessarily the phone. I mean, she's pissed about the phone. Like she's acting like this is the first, the worst thing that's ever happened to her. But I don't necessarily think it was that. I think it was that moment that Erin came in and started screaming at her about saying her name. But really, she was like, where is Erin? Don't we have to wait for her? And Erin just lost it. I know that a lot of people think that this whole hot tub thing was like a gang up on Erin. I think, it, in my opinion, it was time. It was time because Erin has this way of dropping little bombs all the time, stepping back and kind of going... I, I didn't mean it. I didn't, I didn't mean it. Or she takes private information. We've talked about it at nauseum about the things that, you know, she is told in private and then come out. But every time she is the one who is kind of held accountable for something, she gets up and leaves. She did it at the wreath party. Bryn kind of went back after her when she thought she said herself that she was coming into that party to ruin Bryn's party. And Bryn wasn't having it. She like kind of came back at her really quickly. What happened? Aaron got up and left. <laughs> what happens in this? She and, you know, the women are kind of like getting up on her at the restaurant. What happens? She gets up and leaves. She goes home. She can't handle it. So the fact that they were all in this hot tub, I think it was kind of necessary because it was the first time that she didn't just get up and walk out. She actually sat there and took it. But all of a sudden, everyone's just like, well, these are the things that she's done. You know, Uba's telling Bryn, like, she was calling you a social climber, right? Then Bryn's like, well, you were, Jenna, this is what she did to you. That She's the one that said all of this. These are serious, they're coming out and kind of opening it up. And I, I finally, I think it was important that it was just, she sat there and said, yes, I did say all of it. I did. And that's something that I kind of hoped we would see in this new Real Housewives of New York is that someone was going to start just to take accountability for things. But we really haven't seen that yet, I don't think, because it's been Aaron. And Aaron doesn't want to take accountability for a damn thing at all. So I, I yes, I can see where people want to say that she was ganged up on and, and she was kind of like mean-girled, but she's been the shitster since the very beginning. She has been doing all the things in her head to earn her spot on that show. She's just going about it the wrong way. And it's so interesting to me because of the stories that I've heard about Erin. I'm like, you, when she's talking about how this was going back to them talking about her jaw in seventh grade, and this was the most traumatic and meanest situation she's ever been in, I was like, the stories I've heard about you, ma'am. Like, I've heard some things, and some of them are on TikTok. And I'm just like, you sound like the bully. 
but this is the worst thing you've ever been in evolved in your life. I think we did learn how Jessel got that first chair though. And I'm wondering if now things are going to kind of start to come around for Jessel maybe a little bit because she was a whole mood during, by the way, during this hot tub thing while she's just sipping back and like production is picking up like her, you know, draining the bottom of her drink. I loved it. But she opens up and says that she has a notes app for all these things about Aaron. I looked up her birthday. She's a Scorpio. I, so I'm not shocked. <laughs> I am not surprised. She has an uh she has something else going on up here that she is holding on to. So I think this is honestly the start of where we kind of see a different side of Jessel, maybe as well, and how she really picked up her first chair because I did not understand it. I really felt like it should have been Bryn and Aaron in those first chairs, but maybe not. We're going to see more out of Jessel for the rest of the season. We are going to go to the other side of the country now, make our way to the West Coast, but first we're going to stop in Salt Lake City. Now, the last two weeks of uh, first, again, I am doubling down when I say that I eat all of my words that I ever talked about Salt Lake City after last season, because this season has really proven to just come back full circle. Someone commented on my recap this week and said, I haven't watched, I haven't wanted to watch since last season. And I said, you need to, you need to catch up because this is an entirely different, same cast people, but entirely different vibe. And so we can't like, obviously Jen Shaw was the common denominator that made it so ridiculous and really toyed with so many of these people. It's very much giving like Tamara judge. And we'll get into that in a little bit here too, but it's, it's an entirely different vibe and I love it. So I'm eating everything I said about how we needed to cancel it because I, I don't want it canceled. But the women are in Palm Springs at Trixie Mattel's motel Trixie Motel. That is a mouthful to say. And really, it's all about these women trying to have fresh starts. But there's one person who just is not ready to do that, and that is Mary Cosby. Why this woman is on this trip, why this woman is... Here's the thing. When I found out that Mary Cosby was going to be friend of, I'm like, okay, so she's going to be around a little bit. She's going to have some you know, like little funny one-liners, which she does. But why did this woman go on this trip? Why, number one, why is she on the trip? But number two, why is she back? She doesn't like any of these women. Like, it's very clear. She doesn't like them. She doesn't want to converse with them. She doesn't want to talk to them, see them, be with them in any sort of capacity. Now, I can have respect for a person that just puts their foot down as like, I'm not going in there. Bring me to McDonald's. Like, I'm, I can, I have respect for that. But she's so mean, so mean. And it's not even just offhanded comments. It is directly it is mean just for no reason. The way that she starts yelling at Lisa Barlow and is just like, do you have a mute? And Lisa's like, no, I am always on play. Like she gagged Mary there for a second. Mary didn't know how to respond. Or when Angie is telling her like, Mary, come and sit with us. And she's like, don't talk to me like that. I don't like when you talk to me like that. Like what? She's inviting you to come and sit down. She's just so mean. I, I don't know why she's there. I think maybe production was like, well, the people want her, the people like her. I think we could have done without her. But Meredith Marks, Meredith Marks, I don't know what is happening. I, I feel she's giving me very much Vicki Gunvalson. And now I know that we still have 
you know, Heather, Whitney, Meredith, Lisa, right? Those are our four core. Those are our four women that started this show. But all of a sudden, we have Meredith Marks, who was giving me Vicky vibes. And really, I'm the OG here. I'm the one here. I Everybody needs to kind of bow down to me. If I'm going through something, then you can't talk to me. And Whitney, I, I hate to say it, but Whitney's right. Because Meredith does that every time. There's always something with Meredith that is so much bigger than this show that she can't deal with what's going on in the show then don't go on the show. If there are things in your life that are so detrimental that you are dealing with in real time, you need to stay home then. I get really tired. This is an off rant here. I get really annoyed every time that there's like a trip. Someone is the quote hostess and it's always someone's trip. And I see it a lot like with other franchises, but it's it's been this way with Salt Lake City a lot. Remember last year when it was, I can't remember who put it on, but it was like the trip is for Jen. The trip is for Jen. And it was like, it's Jen's trip. Well, Jen is obviously not capable of paying for it. But this whole Trixie Motel thing, Meredith can't let it go. Like, this is my trip. I'm the hostess, you know, getting up and being like, sir, you need to, you need to bring the security because I'm the hostess. Bravo still has a hand in these things, you know, like, and I, I know that there are some things that the women pay for themselves, but it's not like we have out here. I get it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that because people really come for me when I talk about these things, but I, this whole, I'm the hostess. This is my trip. Why wasn't I invited? You weren't invited. You were all there because you were all getting paid by Bravo. That's it. Your contract requires you to be there. So this whole thing of like Angie not being invited or there, remember the party that Heather had and she was talking about how there were all these people that she didn't invite, right? And this person just brought this person and that person just brought this person. Yet there was a bucket of snowballs with every person's name on them because you're all there because you're getting paid to be there. So this whole, like, I didn't invite Angie K. Angie K, I wasn't invited. And Meredith, I'm the hostess and I make the rules. I'm like, oh my goodness. You guys are going to be there no matter what. There's never been a time where someone's not coming. <laughs> You're all being paid to be there. It's your contract requirement, okay? So don't be shocked when someone crashes the party <laughs> because it's in their contract. It's fine. So we, you know, that's going to be the whole argument, but Meredith, like all these constant, there's all these things going on in my life, her drunken rant of you can leave. And what about the husband? And I'm like, okay, Martini Meredith, like take it down a notch. You're going to be okay. But in this week's episode, it was really, it was all like, they were all kind of coming for each other. Whitney is coming for Meredith because she wants her to be real. She wants her to let's talk about this and Meredith can't do it. And so she calls her out on it. Mary is just yelling at Whitney. Monica is, I, Monica's saying everything to everyone that everyone wants to say. Like when she's going, and I am, I am a Lisa Barlow stan. I love Lisa Barlow. But when she is going after Lisa Barlow on the sprinter about being, not being self-aware and not doing these things and it, being really open about the money and things. Here's the, here's, she's saying all the things that nobody else wants to say about Lisa Barlow. Like you look around, everyone's got a little smirk on their face. But Monica is saying all the things because Lisa is not self-aware. 
She does not think before the things come out of her mouth ever. But also Meredith is just, she's given me ick. She's given me like Vicki Gunvalson vibes. I'm the most important one here. What about the family? Don't do this. I can't talk about this. And it, it, and then she just puts her foot down and is like, I'm not talking to any of you anymore. The whole drag thing. I was a little annoyed with the whole thing because, yes, Lisa is just spoiled and she's going to do what she wants to do. Like the whole meltdown, she actually said to the producer, she asked the, the executive producer, Lisa, while they're like talking to her while she's having a meltdown. She says... I just want you to relate to me. And the producer's like, I relate to you guys all the time. I imagine in my head that producer's like, uh, are you serious right now? The whole drag thing, um, I think that it was a little disrespectful to Trixie because Trixie came, put all of this makeup together, had all this stuff. They like Meredith and Lisa and Mary, oh, I'm sorry. Meredith claims that she did her best. She didn't. Meredith, I think purposely, wasn't doing it because she wanted to dig Whitney. Like she was already mad at Whitney, number one, for inviting Angie to her trip. <laughs> number two, she's mad at Whitney probably because Whitney has the biggest room. Number three, she's mad at Whitney because Whitney has called her out. Number four, she's mad at Whitney because Whitney took over the whole day and planned this thing with Trixie. I don't see you complaining and being mad at Trixie for taking her over your whole day. No, you're mad at Whitney. I think her purposely not doing drag, I'm sorry, doing the quote best she could <laughs> is because she wanted to dig at Whitney. The fact that Heather rallied and then wore like a 40 pound wig on her head after being extremely hungover. She was me like when Angie was sipping on that shot and she's like, just drink it, just drink it. Like she is me every time I'm hungover. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to be anywhere near it. I like Monica. I think she's a good addition to the show. I think she is holding her own and really just speaking her mind. You can tell that she is coming up with that East Coast. And it's just those reminders that franchises like the ones out on the West Coast would never really compete with any of them on, around the East Coast. Like this side of the country has a lot bigger personalities. She's letting that Boston out. She is, she is going for it. She's saying what she means. And I like it so far. This week was the season finale of Real Housewives of Orange County, and I have never felt so irritated, so annoyed, so frustrated by a season. I thought that Beverly Hills really kind of sent me on a tailspin last season. Mm -mm. OC did it, and there's one common denominator, and it is Tamara Judge. This woman should have come to the circus costume Halloween whatever party. Um, by the way, that party was phenomenal. Go, Gina. If Gina, here we go. This is just another part of what we're talking about, like with trips and things. Like if Gina actually planned this whole thing and put all of these, obviously had a party planner, but put all these things together, it was phenomenal. I thought it was a great party. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It looked like a lot of fun. But Tamara should have come dressed as a puppet master rather than the evil clown. I mean, the evil clown fits as well too, but she's not even funny anymore. Like it's over. She should have been a puppet master. Speaking of content, uh, um, costumes, did no one discuss with one another what their costumes were going to be? Because the hostess, as we're talking about hostesses, Gina and Travis they are the lion and the lion tamer, like the head of the, is that what it's called? Lion tamer, the person who like runs the circus. 
Um, then we have Jen and Ryan who show up in the exact same costume. Then we also have Gina's ex-husband show up in the exact same costume. And all around in the background, you can see all these different people being the, oh, ringleader, ringleader, not lion tamer, ringleader. I think they're the same thing. They were all, I can understand the people that are just friends, maybe not, but how about the people on the cast or her ex-husband, like somebody be like, what are you wearing? Well, what are you wearing? Oh, I shouldn't probably wear that because it's the exact same costume as you had. I will say Emily's costume was my favorite. I thought that was so clever and so cute and it fit her so well. Everyone except for Shannon. <laughs> Shannon just looked like, I didn't realize she was like a woman with a crystal ball, a, like a fortune teller. I thought she was a pirate and I couldn't figure out what a pirate had to do with the theme. And I really had no idea what her costume had to do with John Jansen either. It, it did not make sense to me. Then I saw the crystal ball and was like, oh, okay, this tracks. This, this makes a little bit more sense. I thought the party, everything was really good. Everyone's costumes were great. But Emily wins best contact or co why can't I say that today? Emily wins best costume for me, in my opinion. We're going to just kind of skip over all of the random things that happened early in the first half of the episode because I actually fast forwarded through the Jen and Ryan situation. I was really annoyed that they rather would show a colonic happening rather than the conversation between Shannon and Heather. There were a lot of things that the whole first half was pointless. Let's talk about the party. Now, here's one thing I think about Emily. I was glad that Emily finally went to Heather and had a conversation with her. Emily has felt very off to me all season. And I don't want to like make rumors or make assumptions on someone's relationship, but I feel like we haven't seen Shane. Shane was in, I think, like two episodes, maybe one of the first two and then this final episode. We did not see Shane all season long. I worry that there was, a, this is kind of how I felt like the entire season watching. I just feel like maybe there's something more going on there behind the scenes. Maybe they are going through something. I feel like Emily is definitely going through something because the Emily I saw on this season was not the same Emily that I saw on any other season. And it made me sad because I really do like Emily. I think she's a very genuine friend. I think she's a very loyal friend. Whatever it is, I hope it's not just the influence of Tamara Judge or trying to get in that little click. But she did have a good conversation with Heather and she just thought it was like, I believe you. Because Heather has gone and and shown Gina already the podcast. Tamara and Teddy are like laughing about this and making jokes about it. Now, I don't know how Gina in one episode when they're shoveling shit in Montana can say, don't trust Tamara, don't trust Tamara. But then in this episode, she's like, I believe Tamara. I believe that she she's just you just don't want her to know the information because she's going to tell everybody or she's going to hold on to it until it's time. I believe both are true. I believe one, that Tamara is so full of her own shit. She doesn't even know what's real anymore. But I also believe that she just hangs on to everything and uses them. She has doing her job very well this season. And her only job is to be the center of this show and drop things and walk away. But she's not taking any accountability for any of them. And I think Bravo really made a mistake bringing her back. Because a lot of times being in this position, you know, kind of reviewing these, talking about them, having social media channels about Bravo shows, there are a lot of things that people are 50-50 on. 
And I think right now for me, one of the biggest ones is Roni. Like you either love it or you don't. But I have not seen anybody come out and be like, I am so glad that Tamara Judge is back this season. I have not seen many people that are openly talking about how good of a season it was. There are, it's pretty majority, nobody liked the season. Nobody wanted Tamara back. Nobody liked that Tamara was here. And people, all that Tamara did, coming in with an agenda to take people down because she did it first with Jen. And I love Jen. I think she's a, she was a good addition to the show. However, I don't, I think she let Tamara get away with too much. I think she definitely could have just like buried everything with Tamara and been done with Tamara. Tamara came in with an agenda and her agenda was to take someone down. And somehow it went from Jen, who she was mad at for showing up on the show in the first place, to Heather. And her entire focus was Heather. And all she did, it backfired because all she did is she took people that have never been fans of Heather Dubrow and put them on Heather's side. Backfired completely. Now, I personally have always been a fan of Heather Dubrow. I, I'm not saying that she's not pretentious. I'm not saying that she's not snooty. I'm not saying that she doesn't act the way that the women accuse her of acting because she absolutely does, but she is on a different level than these women in the OC. And she always has been. I've never in my entire life thought that she fit in the OC. I think she should definitely be in Beverly Hills. That is more her flow. No, she wouldn't be the like top dog. So maybe she would never agree to it. But I think that what she did, like I've just always been a fan of her. I really do because she is a different type of woman for that show. But what she, what Tamara did coming in thinking she was going to take down Heather Dubrow, she just got everybody to be on Heather's side, all of the viewers. I don't see people that are saying that she isn't the problem, that they aren't happy that she's back, that they are enjoying that she's back, that they are loving anything about her. Tamara is doing her job well. She knows what she's got to do. But she's she's pissed off the wrong people and she's not, she used to do it. Uh, okay, let me back up here. She's doing her job well because she knows what the job is, but she's being messy about it. She is being messy. She forgot that she was gone for a couple of years. She forgets that she has this podcast that she just spews whatever she wants about. She forgets that during that time that she wasn't on the show, she's sending DMs to bloggers. She forgets that she's talking about everybody doing all these things. All of those things come back to bite you if you go back on television. We see through it now. Well, I think viewers, we see through it, but apparently none of the women on the show see through it. And I don't know if it's because they want so badly to get on her good side so that they're not on her bad side, but how we can go in one episode being like, don't trust her, don't believe a word she says to, I believe her, and then she apologizes for it. It doesn't make sense to me. Everything that is happening here too, there's kind of proof on the other side of. When she Heather tells Emily, Tamara said that you... We're saying that she was just a party planner and questioning if you even practice law. Now, should Heather have, here's the thing too that, okay, let's back up. Let's pause for a minute because now I'm thinking about something else. Heather has gotten herself into some of these situations where she is the one hearing the information out of Tamara's mouth or whomever's mouth, mostly Tamara. She's hearing it and then she gets accused of spreading it. But yet, if she is so close with Gina and Emily, I wish that she went directly to them as soon as it happened. 
But of course, then that would give someone else more ammo to be like, well, see, we told you something in confidence and you turned around and told them. It's kind of a double-edged sword, I think, for Heather. She's trying really hard to battle a line where she hears something, she doesn't want to go and run and tattle, but also then she's getting thrown under the bus for saying it when it's not true. So once she finally does go to Emily and say, hey, Tamara said you're like a party planner and you're not even an attorney anymore. I I saw the hurt in Heather when she's like, that is demeaning. But then Emily's right. And she's like, okay, well then why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you stick up for me? And Heather really doesn't. But I think she is running that line there that is hard. I'm glad that she kind of made up with Gina and Emily in this finale. I I don't know. The reunion trailers, I don't know what to expect. I really hope that we get some sort of like they see it and they visualize it like they can now that they've watched the episodes like can see everything that this woman has done and not fall for her little puppet strings again and not fall for everything that's going to make her twist it and move it around. But I don't know. I don't know if I I have high hopes for it, but I don't. It's all just so calculated. Even every one of these conversations at this party, she has not stopped talking yet. She every time they that Heather is off with a conversation, she's like, "Oh, Look who just walked in. Oh, look at her talking to this person now. Oh, look at her talking. Oh, now they're taking pictures together. Oh, look at, I I know she's just rallying the troops against me. She can't keep her eyes off of Heather. It's an obsession. She can't stop talking about her. She can't stop worrying. And that's the thing. It's not, oh, she's talking, she's worried because she knows all of these string of things that she has put out there. And she probably knows more than anything that her only defense against Heather for not outing everything is to attack her and to make her look like the one that's crazy and lying and all of that. I did not enjoy this season at all. I was not an avid watcher. Like Roni and Salt Lake City, I watch on the nights unless something major comes up. Oh, oh see, I've had to play catch up. And I will go, I would go episodes and episodes without watching. I was sick this week, so I thankfully, you know, got all caught up on all of them and was able to watch last night's finale. But I did not enjoy the season. It's just my personal opinion. I think the reason I didn't enjoy the season is Tamara Judge. There's uh, nothing. My only thing that I could think that would, I a lot of people are calling for a recast and I know that's that's like a common thing. Now that Roni has done it, everyone's like, Atlanta had a shitty season, so people want a full reboot of their cast. And now people are like, we need a full reboot of OC. I personally, this is just my opinion, I personally feel like OC doesn't even need a reboot. They just need to be put on pause for a while. I don't think that it would be in Bravo's best interest to jump into a new cast immediately. I think maybe take a break for a couple of years let it simmer, let it kind of calm down. And then in a couple of years, if Roni itself, the reboot is still doing well and still a good thing and really working for Bravo, then do a reboot. But I don't think that OC should be coming back with anybody. I don't think like just specific people should come back and specific people should be taken off. I think they just need to go and take a pause. Not that I want it gone forever because I think it's a good one to watch. I think it, I, I like the vibe, but it, it's not there anymore. Like it's not fun anymore. So that is all that I have for the podcast this week. As usual, you can please leave me, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave me a comment. You can answer the questions in the comments. If you are on Apple or Spotify, please 
please share with your friends, share this episode, leave me a rate, leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And I hope that you have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. 